Over the last decade, the world of work has changed significantly. Prior to 2022, concepts like mobility, job satisfaction, ability to work in teams, thinking out of the box were price attributes by employees and employers. Deloitte also acknowledged that even before the COVID-19 pandemic, changes in the workplace were already occurring, influenced in part by innovations such as automation, digital methods, agile, and new ways of working. Indranil Roy, Executive Director at Deloitte Southeast Asia Human Capital Consulting, says COVID-19 accelerated many of these transformations. In this podcast for Future CIO, Roy discusses the many pathways employees and companies can take to achieve resilience, relevance, and innovation in 2022 and beyond. Describe for us how the world of work has changed over the last few years. Our world of work has fundamentally changed, especially in the last couple of years as we've gone through COVID. But even before that, there was a tsunami of change that was happening in the world of work. And they were primarily around the impact of automation, robots coming into the workforce, algorithms driving decision making. There was a lot of focus on digital and the fact that businesses were pivoting to digital methods to serve customers and digital methods to build products. There was a lot of focus on agile and new ways of working, the way teams were being constructed and the way organizations were being designed. A lot of that was happening pre-COVID. What COVID has done is it's really accelerated that move. Let me set the baseline for modern work. What is the difference between modern work and traditional work? So there are many differences, but maybe the top five let me talk about. Number one is that traditional work was a a pyramid of hierarchy. You You report to your boss who has a boss who has a boss. And basically a command and control structure where top down instructions were given and work was done. Modern work is a marketplace of perishable skills. Why do I say perishable? Because our research says that most of the skills that we are developing today, the half-life of those skills are about four and a half years. So when I went to college in the early 90s, the half-life of skills at that point of time was about 23 to 26 years, which made sense because I was picking up a degree in engineering and that skill I could reliably say would be marketable for a period of 20 plus years. But today, when you're picking up a skill, that skill is marketable only for about four and a half years. We're living in a world where we are in a marketplace of perishable skills. The second one is obvious to everybody post-COVID. We are working from anywhere. We put out a paper in March 2020 that about 45% or more of work in most industries can be done remotely permanently. Not too many people believed in that hypothesis at that time because it was early COVID days. But all of a sudden, you look around, roughly about 45 to 50% of work is happening, not from office, and is likely to continue in that direction. Maybe the balance will change, the percentages will change, but we will work in hybrid mode, work from anywhere. The relentless pace of change is the other differentiator. If you look at CEOs of Fortune 500 firms, the average tenure is about seven and a half years. If you look at the research, anywhere between seven to eight years is the average tenure. If you go one level below the CEO at the CXO level, it's about four to five years. So across the board, if you look at average you know, managers, individual contributors, senior managers, if you look at white collar workers on an average, you cannot reliably say that your job is going to change significantly, may, may not become irrelevant completely, but is going to change significantly. It's going to get disrupted. It's going to be, get redesigned, restructured, whatever it is, every four years or so. So what do we do about that? Number four is that, you know, in my career, I've had two to three big turns I've taken to move from one type of career to another. The current generation that is entering the workforce will have to take five to six career turns in their lifetime. So there are many pathways to growth and success. You're not just coming in as a as a marketing person and retiring as a 
Madhuri person. So that is difference number four. And finally, number five is that we are in a situation where we are working with an ecosystem of expertise. In traditional work, when you wanted something done, you typically relied on the employees in the organization to get it done. Today, on an average, the programs of work that we are running for our clients involve three to four different partners. So there could be a technology partner, a cloud partner, a system integration partner, a consulting partner, an advisory partner, a marketing partner. So there are multiple types of organizations that are involved in programs of work. So many players and many generations and many partners. So these are the five fundamental differences between work as I knew it five, ten years back and work that exists today, modern work. Deloitte suggests that employees bring their own motivation to the workplace, even going so far as to suggest having a sense of autonomy or control over the choices that we make. What then is the role of the manager in support of his or her staff's sense of autonomy? That's a great question, and I wish we had more time to get into that, but it is the realization that autonomy drives motivation and drives performance is number one. And number two is to construct what we call autonomous teams. So one of the primary things we help managers with is to rethink the work that needs to be done within their within their organization, within the, the, the domain that they're managing, and break that up into small end-to-end pieces, Lego blocks, we call it. Now, these Lego blocks then can be given to an individual or a small team to work with. That allows for greater autonomy. So that is the number one thing, but there are several other things that a manager can do that uh, we can cover later on. Can these 10 rules of modern work apply to situations such as the pandemic where uncertainty is the norm? Absolutely, Alan. A hundred percent. Especially when you can't see what's ahead of you, Alan. That is where the long and short goals are absolutely critical because the long-term goals are directionally right, but they're not necessarily accurate. The short-term goals give you a sense of control in a wildly changing environment. So yes, hundred percent long short is key in a highly uncertain scenario because you cannot aim for something accurately, even in a quarterly window or a yearly window. So what you do is directionally you are set for a three-year kind of term, you aim at something, and then you focus on the things that are within your control over the next two weeks or so that are moving you slowly in that direction. That is 100% accurate. Teams have always been a central fixture of the workplace. How different and important is networking in the modern workplace? Well, it is different to the extent that networking is now almost a required skill. So in traditional work, it was important, but it was viewed as something that is a nice-to-have skill. In modern work, networking and building connections of use, not work by working out loud, I don't mean people who are showing off or people who are being overly, you know, getting into your space and being hyper-extroverted in that way. I mean, in meaningful, helpful ways, connecting the dots in the network helping others, being somebody who is viewed by others as being helpful is an an essential skill in modern work. That's the difference. So what I say about working out loud is that if you master it, if you're able to do it well, then people will talk good things about you behind your back, right? That is the goal of working out loud. How do you get people to talk good things about you behind your back, all right? How does one publish ideas where the organizational culture neither encourages or promotes such practices? Do you suggest using public social media platforms? Would this approach risk a person's career? 
Possible. Good point, Alan. All of these rules come with a little bit of a, what do you call it, statutory warning <laughs> that you have to stick within the rules of the organization. So for instance, within Deloitte, we have some rules of social media. So obviously, if you want to publish something that has a client name in it and a client logo in it, that is not acceptable. But the way we work with it, every organization, you have to follow those rules. But within the context of those rules, what are some of the things that you can do to publish? At least start publishing internally. External publishing publication requires a thoughtful way of thinking about what is right and what is wrong. But internally, publishing as a culture internally is something that every organization should be promoting. Not everybody does. I agree with you. But in modern work, it is good to create publishing as a culture. So many rules. Where do I start? Do I go with the easiest? Do I do? Do I have to do all of them? Look, um, that's a great question, Alan. We are very clear that we don't expect everybody to start working on all of these rules at the same time. I wouldn't. So what we do is when we are teaching these rules to individuals, we ask them to start with just one or two. And it's not about easiest or hardest. Frankly speaking, most people start with the thing that their energy goes towards. So they might say, hey, you know what? I really enjoyed the one around user centricity, or I really enjoyed the one around careers. And I'm, I'm at a transition point right now. Let me try that. What is relevant. I think not easiest or hardest, but what is most relevant to you, what is talking to you, which rule is making sense to you, start there and then start building on that. Build your confidence one by one. The one thing that we do institutionally at Deloitte is working out loud. That is something that even at the onboarding stage, we are helping people to figure out how do you operate in a network like Deloitte? How do you reach out to people? How do you connect with people? So those kinds of things. So some organizations will help with some of these things, makes it easier and some you have to do on your own. So I think the most relevant first. Do I allow myself to be stumped by a rule and not move forward? Um, that is usually not the case. So most of the folks that I'm talking to about these are self-selecting the things that they want to work on. And when they have the energy behind it, they're usually not stumped by the rule. None of these rules, they're limitations. Publishing is a good one. Uh, they're limitations of what you can and cannot publish on LinkedIn in any organization as it should be, correctly so. But you know, these rules we have tested, they can be tried out no matter what the limitations are in the organization. To some extent, they can be tried out by anybody. That was Indranil Roy, Executive Director at Deloitte Southeast Asia Human Capital Consulting on the topic of building a career in the modern workplace. You are listening in the podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.